Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is Pat Forty, and you are listening to the Raspy Voice. Hey, this is Brandon Phoenix, aka I also hate Pitt. Joined by Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. In the building. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are joining us for another Golden Blue interview. Today we have with us esteemed writer, formerly of ESPN, currently with Sports Illustrated, Mr. Pat Forty. Pat, thank you for joining the Raspy Voice Kids. Hey, I'm happy to be on with y'all, but how come your voices aren't raspy? Well, because we were raspy as children. The raspiness is now gone. We use it to stay close and tied to our roots, uh, but, you know. That's what it is. That's what it is. We were raspy when we were younger. People used to make fun of us, but, hey, it's all love now. We're making it work. Uh, you got beautiful voices now, voices made for podcasts, so fire away. All right, so now you've covered everything from the Kentucky Derby to NCAA tournaments. You've covered all kinds of college football teams. You've done so many things in the world of sports. Jeremy and I want to know, Pat, who is your favorite child? <laughs> yeah good luck with that question here's the the answer is it's a three-way tie for first it's also a three-way tie for last <laughs> I good it. i love it all swimmers all champions in their own right we thank you for answering that way with there's three of us as well my parents would probably say the same thing they better <laughs> now we're bringing you on in a week where there's so much happening and happening rapidly. I want to read a quote from an article you wrote recently. It says, one of the oldest aphorisms in sports is to respect your opponent. America didn't respect COVID-19, not enough to stay quarantined and wear masks and do what it had to do. Complacency, arrogance, and stubbornness didn't get the job done. And now the increasingly costly bills for that disrespect are coming due. And then you said that there are three primary plans, delaying the season until deeper in the fall, playing an abbreviated season of only conference games, or move the season to the spring. Pat, what do you think is the most likely outcome? Boy, I'll tell you what, you know, if it were even two weeks ago, I probably would have said we could still play a full season, 
just maybe no fans or a limited number of fans, uh, or at worst case, we play a conference-only season. Now, I, I would say the best case might be spring football. Uh, I just I think that there's too many signs that too many campuses and campus leadership are not going to be ready to go and start a season on time and to play a full season and to play non-conference games with, you know, where you're bringing in teams from somewhere else with may have different testing protocol. Uh, and then just the, the whole campus environment of having students coming back, teams coming back. I think you're just, you're asking for trouble. And I don't think, I think people want to buy as much time as they can. Athletic directors, presidents, conference commissioners, the NCAA, so I see more and more people open to the idea of playing in the spring if we're playing at all. That you push everything back, and there are a lot of problems with playing in the spring. Nothing would be easy about that. Nothing would be satisfactory, but it might end up being the best of a series of not very good options. Yeah, that's really crazy thinking about playing in the spring with guys like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Definitely, well, not definitely, but almost certainly skipping that time to prepare for the draft. But yeah, if, I mean that's the thing is you're, you're you would be playing without the best players. I mean because there's just no way. I think it'd be unreasonable to expect those guys to play in those circumstances. I don't think anybody would blame them for sitting out. So how many guys sit out? Is it a hundred? Is it two hundred? Is it three hundred? I don't know. But whatever it is, the, the talent drain would be significant. Now, what are your thoughts on Mark Emmer and the NCAA leadership not making the decision and instead allowing conferences like the Big Ten, who took the lead here? and deciding that they're playing a conference-only schedule. Do you find that as a lack of leadership, or do you think this is the appropriate way it should happen? Well, I think it shows the fundamental flaw in the NCAA, is that really this is an organization that, that plans events and plays cop. That's what they do. They, they hold championships. Uh, they schedule them, organize them, hold them, uh, and then they, they have enforcement. And that's really the only two things that they do. So what good are they really? And they're not very good at the enforcement part of it, by the way. Nope. So, you know, I mean, you're looking at that, that they have so little <clears throat> jurisdiction, sway, power, whatever the case may be, that they can't, you know, say this is how we're going to do it nationally in terms of of, of, of virus protocol and testing. Uh, it just, it just, I think, makes it glaring the lack of authority yeah. the NCAA has and the lack of actual leadership that Mark Emmert has. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we all feel it and we all see it. You bring up the NCAA. It, it was interesting to me. The LA Times wrote an article um, a few weeks ago that was talking about how COVID has exposed the NCAA and the players as, you know, uh, quote-unquote uh, amateur athletes. How COVID has really shown, are they really amateur with everything that's going on? What's your thoughts about that? No, it's, it's a great point because what it has shown is, yes, that these are the economic drivers, you know? I mean, if, if these guys don't play, it's a disaster for every college athletic department. And so, yeah, they, I mean, college football players are incredibly vital, valuable, important. And the fact that they are not compensated beyond – uh, full scholarship, which is not insignificant, I don't want to say, but still, not that's not commensurate with the value of them to their campuses and to their athletic departments and their universities, that it just it further underscores really the, the flaw of college sports 
and the hypocrisy that's involved in this situation. And it, it just goes to the point that we can we ask these guys who are not getting compensated uh, to the full extent they should be to take on the risk of going and playing these games amidst a pandemic, you know, at least in the NFL and, and the NBA and the NHL, they are paid professionals and they're supported by a union that will bargain Amen. the rights and the, the negotiate the parameters. College guys don't have that. Nope. You're exactly right. I often say you can't be for the free market and against paying players, but that's a story <laughs> for a different, that's a different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to get to the West Virginia part of this conversation what did you think when okay. West Virginia? What did you think when West Virginia hired Neil Brown? Oh, I liked it. I thought it was a good move. I, I like yes, Neil. Sir. I think Neil is. Yeah. No, I, I'm a. I'm a Neil Brown fan. Uh, actually, you know, known him for quite a while. Uh, talked to him some when he was at Troy. Didn't actually talk to him last year. You know, it was a growing pains kind of year. Um, obviously, there was going to be a transition. Dana Holgerson, you know, don't go away, Matt. Just go away. And the team that he inherited was not flush. I mean, they, you know, they, they had a lot of place, people they needed to replace. Uh, five and seven wasn't great. Had a couple of pretty good wins. I mean, you win at Kansas State. You win at TCU. That, those are good wins. But then you got flattened a lot in conference play as well. Played Baylor tough, but, you know, a, a lot of, of non-competitive games, including one against my alma mater, Missouri. So there's room to grow. I think that will be much better if there is a season in 2020, I expect them to be able to, uh, nice. to move up in the Big 12 standings. Patrick, nice of you to throw in that uh, against my alma mater, Missouri. Unnecessary, buddy. <laughs> unnecessary. Unnecessary. Great journalism school. Unnecessary conversation. So now, <laughs> speaking of Neil Brown, he's presiding over a serious situation right now where you've got a player in Kerry Martin Jr., a safety for the West Virginia Mountaineers, who publicly called out his defensive coordinator and position coach, Vic Koning, Talking about racism, talking about religion, talking about politics. Politics. Yes. What did you make of that situation? Kerry Martin leveraging his power publicly, Vic Coning apologizing publicly. Now there's an internal People investigation. People taking advantage of social media, players taking advantage of social media, which is the new age we're in, all that. Yeah, and it is an interesting new age we're in. Um, you know, I mean, it's fascinating to see. I Look, I applaud players being willing to stand up and speak out about whatever it is that, that's around them and especially things that they don't like that they feel are impacting their lives and especially things that may have any sort of racial, political uh, overtones or underpinnings uh, in a time like this. Look, this summer, I think we've all been jolted back awake to the realities of what kind of systemic racism exists, what kind of police brutality exists, what kind of economic inequalities there are out there. And you know what? Let's check ourselves. And if somebody else needs to do the checking, fine. Here comes uh, Kerry Martin to check Vic Kenning. And Vic Kenning has a good reputation in, in college football. He's been doing it a long time. But, you know, that doesn't mean that he gets everybody that he's coaching and understands how to deal with them and how to respectfully interact with them and especially some guys that have been doing it a long time a they haven't realized how things have changed around them and b they might have lost touch with how to relate to some of the young people around them so if you if you're bringing you know 
I don't want to say all old fashioned values are bad, but some of them are, and some of them need updating. And if you, uh, if you, if, you, if there has never been a time more like the present to, to update yourself and to become, you know, more in touch with people that are around you or more in touch with diverse, uh, races, ethnicities, uh, backgrounds, everything. And so I think uh, Vic Kenning hopefully is learning a lesson to this. We'll see how, how significant a lesson. We'll see what comes out of the, uh, out of the investigation, if it costs him his job or not, but I'm fine with Kerry Martin speaking his mind. Yeah. We talked about this at length in an episode. And one of the things I said is people are upset that Kerry Martin spoke publicly. People are upset that they want to, that they feel people are overly sensitive now. And what Jeremy and I concluded is that these, these are the times that we live in. So you either adjust to them or you get left behind. And if you want your yep. teams to win, you make that adjustment. You don't focus on what a player isn't. You focus on what he is and realize we're in a new time. So if you want to win, you got to respect his, his thought process, his politics, his religion, and all the other stuff. Because if you love West Virginia or you love any team, you're looking for them to win. And that's where we are. Absolutely. No, I agree. And, you know, to even to amplify on that further is, you know, if you if you hope to connect with your players and get the most out of them and then be able to go on and recruit the next players, you better be real with them. You better be respectful, but you better be real and make sure that they feel like you care about them in a good way. Amen. You know, not just I'm going to tell him what to do, but hey, you know, I respect you and I want to help you in any way I can and go from there. And, you know, it, that, that will follow on the recruiting trail if you're not that guy. You know, you think Mike Gundy's going to have a good recruiting year this, this offseason? Yeah, I reflect. don't think so. It'll reflect, yeah, no absolutely. question. Here's yep. the thing. We're talking about all these, this important stuff. The one thing I want to know is I'm a college football nerd. Brandon's a college football nerd. We're sports, we're sports nerds. We love sports, period. We love to see the, the greatest of the great. I won a college football tour. I, I was there at the first Notre Dame-USC night game. I saw Jason Seahorn walking across, and we took a picture. Down in Alabama and LSU, been to Ohio State-Michigan, was at the Penn State game where Penn State upset Ohio State, and I stormed the field, and I'm not even a fan of either one of them. I was wearing my Mountaineer gear. <laughs> Bro, you've been everywhere. You've been all around the world. You've been all around college sports. What is the most amazing college football game that you've been to? Quick. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm not sure I can give you one. I think I've got to give you two. Uh, okay. One is, uh, Boise state, Oklahoma Festival, and the plays that Boise state made that it had to make to win the game, a hook and lateral, a halfback pass and the statue of Liberty in succession. They had to make all three of those plays. You mess one of them up, you lose the game. They made all three of them in the game incredible you know just unbelievable upset and it's Boise beating Oklahoma and then Ian Johnson after he scores the winning two-point conversion gets on one knee and proposes to his no, girlfriend as a cheerleader amazing. yeah so that yeah I didn't think I would ever see anything as good as that I will and say then, this no 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 real quick real quick before you get to the second one yeah. with that the reason why I've always been bothered with that is I believe that was the exact same year that West Virginia beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl and we were huge underdogs, and we had two freshmen who went down there and put it on that Georgia defense. I was so mad when Boise State won, not because I'm a hater, but because we did something great too. And because, <laughs> like me and Brent always talk about, we're not a big dog. People consider us a big dog, but we're also not a Cinderella 
it was no big deal. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, we're a little bit of a tweener dog. You know, you're not quite the, not quite a thunder dog, yeah. and you're not quite the big dog. But sorry, sorry, I was just I frustrated. Mean, I had to get that out. I had what's to get that your out. number two? <laughs> number two, uh, let's see. Gosh, I can't, it's the Saturday after Thanksgiving in 2013. Is that uh, enough of a hint? Uh, no, not for me. Okay, no, neither for okay. Me. Let's see. Tie game. Last play. Kick six. six. Yes, one oh, team is wow. lining up for a field goal and you know doesn't Nick quite get it there. You know it goes Nick, 109 the other way. You know Nick Saban's our extended family, right? He's from West Virginia. He's oh, our yeah. extended family. <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So quickly, the program who you feel like is the next sleeping giant, and I'm not talking about the LSUs, Alabamas, Georgias, Ohio States of the world. I'm talking about like Clemson. Clemson came on the scene. They won a couple national championships. Who do you look at in college football that you see has everything in order? The right coach, the right administrative staff, and is the money. The, the money, amen. Who is the next up? Hmm. Good question. You know, I'm not. I don't. I don't know whether they. Yeah. You know what? I'll throw it out there. North Carolina. Mac North Brown's Carolina. Old, but if you, you give him five years. And the way he's recruiting already and the steps they made, I think they're going to be good this year. I think they're going to be sneaky good. I think they're going to win the ACC Coastal. And then they'll lose to North Carolina. They'll lose to Clemson by five touchdowns in Charlotte in the ACC <laughs> championship game. No. Still, I, I, you know, I look for them to take a step forward, and I think they're recruiting well enough to build on that in the next two or three years. I'm still mad at them for taking Ryan Switzer, a homegrown kid. <laughs> I'm still mad yeah. at them. All right, Good here player. we go. Big question, real talk. My feelings are involved. I need a real answer. I'm going to X out everybody else. Everybody talks about the greatest college football teams ever. Because for me, I'm not trying to hear it. The best college football team ever could be the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, who had yeah. everybody, who, who whipped Nebraska in every sort of way. Do you take the 2001 Miami Hurricanes or the 2019 LSU Tigers? Oh, I think I take Miami there. Me too. And that's no disrespect. No disrespect to LSU. They were awesome. LSU's offense was just unbelievable. Uh, but Miami, boy, you're right. I mean, they had everything. I think you know what? Jamar Chase didn't didn't just toy in with people when Ed Reed's in that secondary. So yeah. this will I think that, that 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 changes some things. Yeah, yeah. That so I no disrespect to, to uh, LSU, but I'd take right. Miami O one. I love it. By the way, my number one pick always in my whole entire life is 2001 Miami Hurricanes because they, they were unbelievable. Here we go. We have one last question before we start our rapid fire. Now, here's the thing. Let's say somehow you get locked into one state. You can never leave one state for the rest of your life to cover sports, to go to live games. Out of the 50 states of the United States, which one state, if you were locked into one, would you live in for the rest of your life to cover sports? That's a good question, but uh, you know what? I'm going to go with where I am in Kentucky uh, because it is college sports central. There's no pro sports, and it has the Kentucky Derby. You get the best college basketball. You get the SEC and the ACC coming in to play football, uh, and you get the, the best horse race and the best party every year at the Kentucky Derby. So I'm, well, I'm staying right where I am. My parents are from Queens and Long Island, so I got to go with the Belmont. It's a little better than the Kentucky Derby, but whatever. <laughs> but go ahead, whatever. 
All right, we're ready for rapid fire. Are you ready for these quick questions? I am. All right. Nacho cheese Doritos or Cool Ranch Doritos? Uh, Nacho cheese, but I'd take taco over both. Ooh, Ooh, okay. Lion King or Toy Story? Toy Story. Oh, bad answer. Best flavor of Pop-Tart? Best flavor of Pop-Tart, strawberry. Bingo! Oh, no. It's brown sugar. Brandon says says strawberry. I say brown sugar. All right. Pepsi or Coke? Oh, Coke. Absolutely. Man, Pat Forty is crushing it right now. Jordan (laughs) or LeBron? Jordan, I'm old. Yep, you're getting it right so far. You're getting it right. Does Does ketchup go on a hot dog? Yeah, but it, you can also have it without. I mean, you don't have to have it to have a good hot dog. But it can go on there. So you're again, you're just you you are just knocking them out of the park. If you if your family was on the line and you had to have one receiver in their prime to win a game, you take Randy Moss or Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, no liar, no you liar. Sorry, no. I'm sorry. This is disrespectful. Nope. Liar, nobody take. Nobody take. <laughs> not, not even close. Not even a hard decision. He oh, said it's not a hard decision. Oh my goodness! Oh Chris my Hall's going to love this. Oh my goodness! All right, well here is a hard decision. It's oh our last God. question. It's Jeremy's favorite question. <sighs> it's a question that requires true integrity, real honesty. I got to recover from total this. fortitude from you, Mister Pat Forty, Jeremy. Okay. Okay, I'm recovering. Okay, I'm here. Patrick. (laughs) Do you pee in swimming pools? (laughs) That's yes. That's yes. yes. Have I ever? Yes. Yes, I have. Not lately. Not lately. Not lately. I like he said, yes, I have. Not lately. He he didn't get himself in the shuffle currently. Woo. Mr. Forty, we want to thank you so much for joining the Raspy Voice Kids. We appreciate you giving us your time. We know that you're a very busy man, so we thank you so much. We appreciate it. We look forward to putting this out so everybody can hear it. You were authentic. You were real. You were as good as advertised. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. My pleasure, guys. Enjoyed it. And uh, it's podcast gold. Good luck with the show the rest of the way. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.